Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to White Rock United Methodist Church. My name is Phil Dickey. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it is my joy to welcome you here for the Sunday sit-down. We do the sit-down on Sunday mornings as an opportunity for us to, to gather and to kind of have this, this conversation space that we miss doing in person, right? This is our narthex for worship since we're in virtual space. Uh, and so we hope that you will be joining us and that you'll be commenting here on, on the Facebook, if you're on Facebook or on YouTube chat, whatever it may be. Um, even if you listen to this later, send us your feedback. We want to know what you think about this sit down and be a part of the conversation as opposed to just somebody who sees it and observes it. So um, I love the sit down. I love the opportunity to have a conversation with people. Um, that's kind of who I am as a person is very conversational and I love to learn from people. And I'm just thrilled. Uh, we are starting a new worship series and the series is about conflict and it's, it's how do we make it through conflict and find peace in conflict. And I've invited a friend of mine to come join us for the next three weeks, and she's crazy enough to say yes to come and join us for three weeks. And so we are joined this morning by Lisa Hancock. Lisa, thank you so much for, for taking the time, for showing up in person, and for joining us to talk about such a, a hard hum- conversation within the church. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be here in person. It feels good to be back in a sanctuary again. Yeah, absolutely. I know. That's... We talk about it a lot because it is sad, right? And we continue to mourn the fact that we're not in person and that we miss each other. And it's important to continually bring it up because we have to acknowledge those feelings. Right. And we have to remind ourselves that, oh, I'm so stressed right now because there's so much grief that I'm carrying. Right. And I might have a shorter fuse, which leads to conflict. conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so will you let us know just kind of what, what it is that you do? And I, I told you before, I'm not going to try to explain it because I don't fully understand, but I'd love what you do, even not knowing fully what it is that you do. Okay. So I'll start off by saying the easy part is that I'm a mediator. Okay. Um, and being that, I, I teach. And uh, one of the things that it, the, the very best part of what I think I have to do is that I specialize as being a consultant with churches that are in conflict. Yeah. And it's not just like the pastor is having trouble with a family or uh, two Sunday school classes are uh, not getting along, or a congregation is fighting over bet- uh, like blue or red uh, carpet, carpet in their sanctuary. It's always the carpet. Yeah, it's always the carpet. Because what we know about conflict is that typically the presenting issue is not the real issue. Yeah. That it is a division, uh, lack of respect. It is mm. somebody who doesn't feel like they're being heard. Yeah. And uh, in that it comes out, it leaks out in other ways. There's, there's always a something behind the something. There's always something behind the something. And you said something about feelings that I, I, like, I like to repeat, that if you don't handle your feelings, mm-hmm. your feelings will handle you. Oof. And they come out, it comes out in, in ways that at, when we least expect it and can really be ugly. And as Christians, we are not immune to handling conflict poorly. So, um, you know, it is... Hold on. As Christians, we are not immune to handling conflict poorly. Mm-mm. No. In fact, sometimes we're the worst. Sometimes we're the worst. And what I, my experience is, is that the outside world expects us uh, to do things differently. And so when we don't, when we're human, uh, it, it, there's a lot of shame involved, oh. which means that what we do is we take the conflict and we act like it's not there. Mm. So, um, because, you know, we're Christians. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be better. We're supposed to be all these things that we expect of ourselves and other people 
expect of us, but in fact, um, we, we handle conflict and disagreements like everybody else, and yeah. that is not always uh, in, in responsible ways. Hmm. Yeah, again, you work with churches. I'm sure you see this playing out in the oh, worst way possible, right? I do, I do. So tell, okay, tell us a little bit about the work that you do at the conference. People will love to know this. You, you told me a little bit ago that you really got connected in the ministry aspect of conflict, conflict, conflict resolution through Keith. Right, right. Which I love so much. Ah, oh, I love Keith Boone. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you this as story. As many who are watching right <laughs> no, now are right? listening to this, oh, love, love Keith, Keith as well, Boone. right? He's, it's hard not He's to love. He's a visionary. Yeah. And um, I was at First Coppell, uh, UMC, and this was 17 years ago, wow. uh, I think. It might have been 15. It's hard uh, now because the matter. last week has felt like a year. It so has. It's hard to understand the last time. eight months have felt like five years. That's right. Um, so I'll just say this, that I was coming out of grad school, uh, SMU School of Dispute Resolution, mm -hmm. and I knew that I wanted to do something with it yeah. um, besides just work with families or work in the court system. And um, my, my dear friend, Dennis Wilkinson, who was my pastor at that time, is good friends with Keith Boone. And he told Keith, I've got this, you know, member of my congregation, and she's got conflict management skills. And Keith said, uh, let's have lunch. Mm. And that lunch turned into um, Keith's idea, which was the CART team. And that's an, an, uh, an acronym for Conflict uh, Congregational Assessment, Resource, and Transformation. And what that is, is this team, he put together this team of laity and this team of, of uh, pastors, and we would go hand in hand into churches that were experiencing conflict. Yeah. And it was a small group of us, and, um, and we would work, we would be sent out, and we would do assessments of the problem, and then we would give, um, we would problem solve. Hmm. And it was everything from um, small workshops uh, in constructive communication to full-blown, uh, you know, large mediations yeah. with multiple people, whatever. It was just whatever it was called. But it, the, the thing is, is that when people, when we're in conflict, we are anxious for answers. And when there is somebody who at least knows a little more than we do about conflict, sure. it lowers the anxiety within the congregation, within the Sunday school class, within the staff, enough for people to be able to think their way through instead of just react. Yeah. So it's a difference in responding versus reacting to real problems. Responding versus reacting. Yeah. Okay, so I want to I focus in real specific on you, and then I want to go real broad, because obviously there's been a lot of, a lot of things happening in the world. Yeah. What inspired you to study dispute? Was it dispute resolution at yeah. SMU? Yeah. This degree that... Okay. Well, uh, utter transparency here. Um, I grew up in a um, very chaotic family of... I had a very chaotic family of origin. Yeah. And I knew that, uh, that there, there was better ways to do things. And I tried to instill those, I didn't know what they were, but I tried to instill those values with my family, bringing up my kids. Yeah. But I didn't have any formal training. Mm -hmm. And so um, once my kids got old enough, I decided that I, it was time for me to 
to go whatever my second act was. Mm -hmm. And that, and it was, you know, there was something about conflict resolution that just was inspirational. And I took my first class and I was hooked. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they had a course within the school of conflict trans, uh, conflict resolution that was religion and conflict resolution. And it was taught by a Mennonite pastor named Richard Blackburn. And that I knew, I knew, I knew there was something there. Yeah. And that was it. Listening to that small, still voice. I'm so fascinated by it because I feel like that class sounds phenomenal because I feel like so often conflict is associated with religion. Yes. And whether it should be or not is probably another conversation. The reality is, is that it it just is. Right. Um, Right. And that plays out in a whole lot of ways. Um, And I, what I want us to get to over the next couple of weeks is what the response then is, is us as a church, both like within our congregation here, but also recognizing that there are people, like of all the times, right? There are people joining us on Facebook and on YouTube who have never stepped foot in this sanctuary and Mm. may never, Mm -hmm. right? They may never. We have somebody who joins us regularly from Sicily. And as much as I would love for her to fly over here and join us, she she probably, maybe she will. We hope you do. Um, But what what does this look like for us as the church, however Mm -hmm. we want to define the church? Um, and and what, how do we really get to that? And what are the practices we need to do? So I, I want to get there eventually, right? Okay. Like again, we have two more weeks after this one okay. to get there. What I really want to focus on this week is, you know, we've been in a very contentious week. Right, deep breath. Right. Um, there's just a lot going on. And, and like there's I said, if this, the last four days, five days, whatever, have felt like an, an eon, you know? Right. And so I'm sure anxiety is high. Everyone's exhausted, right? Exhausted. Em- emotionally, physically, spiritually. Right. Um, what are you seeing with people? What are, what are people reaching out to you expressing? And what is, what is we, we have to at least walk away with a little bit, right? A little nugget for this week in this political turmoil to how do we better handle this conflict on a macro level? Okay. That's a lot to unpack. No, it's, it's great. And I love this. So I'm hearing probably a lot of the same things that you are, that people are exhausted and that they are grasping at uh, something to give hope, um, j- just to infuse some energy into a, um, uh, I don't care who you voted for. Sure. Um, there has got to be a way that we can start um, listening to each other. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the first thing that I want to say. Destructive conflict loves speed. It's that they go hand in hand. Destructive conflict loves speed. It loves it. It loves to go from A to Z Hmm. because in between there's not a whole lot of thinking. There's a whole lot of feeling. I'm not saying we shouldn't feel. We can't ever not feel. We've got to use our brains and our hearts or like, you know, uh, some I had a professor that said, your backbone and your heart. You've got to find balance mm. in that. So I want to, the first thing I would say, it, and that I have said to pastors who have called me and DSs, is that we need to slow this down. This is not going to be something that is going to be, um, we're not going to have overnight answers. Yeah. We're, there, there are no quick fixes. We want there to be. We've been in this a long time we're exhausted, we're tired, we need something 
it's going to take more time. Mm. And for any lasting change to take effect, it takes time. Yeah. Band-aids don't work. And so I would say to, to people that there is hope on the horizon and to slow down and take some deep breaths. And then the second thing I would say is to, that we need to be ready to sit down and listen to our neighbors. And when I say listen, uh, there's, a, there's a big, big difference in different, there's different types of listening. I, I teach something called intentional listening. And the difference in intentional listening and just listening is that when you are intentionally listening, you are listening to understand rather than listening to respond. Hmm. It's way different. So sure. if I'm listening to understand then I'm putting my agenda and my ego on the back burner so that I can be present, yep. fully present with the person who's talking. It is, I told you this on the phone, it's the highest form of respect. Mm. And that is relationship building. Yeah. And that's where we start. We don't need to have anything planned. We don't need to have pat answers. We don't need to have... Um, we don't need our sound bites to be perfect. We simply need to show up. Mm. So it's, a, it's an attitude of it's, uh, open hearts and open minds like we have and open doors. Right. And so it's all, it starts with an, the, the attitude, being curious about what that other person has to say, not needing to be certain about what you're going to say, but being right. curious. I think that's such an important part. Whenever I was young in ministry, I always thought, oh my gosh, this is such a huge thing that whoever's bringing to me, I need to have the, the right answer. When I finally realized that it's not about having the right answer. It's like you said, about showing up right. and being present and listening. And when I don't know, being willing to say, I don't know. I don't have a good response for mm -hmm. you. I'm here with you in the midst of this. Um, I want to help you find a good response to this and a good answer for this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope that we can find the tools to get to that, right? right? Like, I think tools is another important thing hopefully we can talk about in the midst of all this. But um, being okay saying, I don't know. Being okay. Being okay to even not be okay. <laughs> sure. You know, in this time. It, it is so refreshing to have somebody be transparently honest and say, I don't know yeah. right now. What right. I do know is that I will sit with you and walk beside you. Yeah. And so many times when people are talking about what the conflict is, the way that they see it, they're kind of, they, they're figuring some things out for themselves. Mm. And like so it's revealing it's things about themselves as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So there's got to be some trust. Mm. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come, yeah. including guidelines. Those mm. are all important but the, I, I want to say an, an attitude of curiosity, um, the time and respect that that takes, and, 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 an, and also being okay with just being able to sit in the space with somebody knowing that there's a, a disagreement that yeah. can be really hard. Sure. I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. I didn't give you this warning beforehand, but okay. are you seeing this take place anywhere? And again, think like on a more like macro level. Are you seeing places where people from opposite ends of the spectrum or anywhere in between are actually sitting down to have these conversations? So what I'm hearing 
and what I'm seeing is that our churches are the first Hmm. to come up with this. I mean, look at us today. And I've gotten calls the last couple of weeks. So it is, it's our churches that are discovering that we need to create safe spaces for people to talk about hard things. Yeah. So I am seeing, and I also think that I know that it's happening other places, but my world has kind of been small lately. And so, oh. you know. Are we are, uh, we're all feeling that a little bit, aren't we? Like our worlds are very small yeah. right now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But churches are kind of the first and foremost. They're huh? kind of the first and foremost, you know. I, and and that, that makes me happy. Yeah. Because I, I, I would, in, with what I have experienced in my world of conflict, resolution. It, it, it has been churches that have been um, open to uh, openly discuss yeah. conflict. Yeah. One of the things that I've loved being a part of is Project Unity with Richie Butler, Pastor Richie Butler. Yes, started yes. This, and it's all conversations around race. But, you know, a lot of the conversations end up going way beyond just race, but mm-hmm. it's, it's conversations really that are really hard conversations to have, you know, and, and often being a, a white male in those spaces mm. is very uncomfortable. Right. You know? Right. Um, but every time I'm, I walk away from there, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to be in a space that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable to better understand one another and the experiences of one another. Right. Just, I think it's so important. I think that every time that I have sat with somebody in, and had a difficult conversation, I have learned something about not only myself. Because yeah. when you hear people talk, you try on their stories, and you walk out, you know, you try you walk on out their with them. Yeah. It's all about our stories. Hmm. And I cannot say enough how respectful that is. To be, even if you're scared and your voice is shaking and you don't know what to say, sitting and listening is the first step. I love it. And, and, and it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you have a flashlight and you're walking up the stairs um, and you can just see a stair at a time, that's all you need. You don't need to, it doesn't need to all be played out, doesn't need to all be fixed all you need to do is just yeah. say the next minute I'm going to be here with that person. That's a good. That's a good tidbit for us to kind of wrap on here, right? Good. A good. A good thing for you to focus on if you want to figure out a step in the right direction of conflict this week is how do I be present right here in this space? Mm-hmm. That's a. That's a great. Okay, for people, you, you can come back next week get dose number two of this because I love this. But if they want to find you in between now, where's the best place to find you? RestorativeCommunications.com is my website. RestorativeCommunications.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, again, you know I am, how fond I am of you, and so I'm really grateful for you to come I'm and be so glad to be here, present Phil. in this space. So thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad that we agreed that this would be a three-week-long thing, because if this was the only one, I'd be so sad. So, um, we, we have more. We have two more and many more beyond that, but yes. maybe not in these chairs. So. Yes. Y'all, thanks so much for joining us today for the Sunday sit-down. Um, again, we love this opportunity, so thanks for your time and your presence with us here.